as you know, if you listen to this show, John Millay works like a crazy person almost year round. Every once in a while, he gets a break. He gets to go visit family. He's coming off one such break. But it's also so we're going to talk about his vacation. We're also going to talk about the fact that fall sports are on the horizon, if not already here. We're going to talk about the Hall of Fame. Uh, we're going to talk about facilities, and of course, we're going to talk about tattoos. I, John, I only want you to tell us about certain tattoos, not all the <laughs> tattoos, uh, but we want to hear about certain tattoos. This is Preps Today with John Malay. John Malay, of course, works for the MSHSL, former Star Tribune employee, former colleague of mine, doing great work for the high school league right now. Our producer is Brianne Burdett. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. We do appreciate it. We do also recommend subscribing to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's easy. And thanks, as always, to our sponsors, Pizza Barn in Princeton and Minnesota Propane. All right, let's start with your vacation, John. Yeah, Jim, uh, we're talking here on, what day is it? Wednesday afternoon. Uh, my wife and, and myself and our daughter who lives here, we returned home Tuesday night from a week in Northern California with our, our oldest son, his wife, our two grandkids, had a great time. And I want to give a shout out to Sun Country Airlines. They, I know they've had issues, but boy, this was rock solid. Our flight out there, Minneapolis to San Francisco, arrived early. Our flight home arrived early. And not being great at planning sometimes, I, I didn't realize Tuesday was a election day. So we didn't think we were going to get a chance to vote. We were supposed to land about 7 o'clock, and the polls closed at 8. And by golly, we landed half an hour early. So we got in to vote well ahead of the deadline. And uh, so, yeah, shout out to Sun Country. They, they did a, a great job. Um, I'll tell you what, though, when you're a couple of empty nesters and you're hanging out with grandkids who are three years old and nine months old, that will shake up your your daily routine. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you hear a child yelling at six whatever in the morning, the day has started. And I have found through experience, it's good strategy. When those little kids take a nap, grandpa should probably take a nap. Uh, and but even even then, I can't keep up with them. But we had we had a great time. We don't see those those uh, all four of them. They live far away. Our other sons in Phoenix. We don't see any of them enough. But it's great to get out there and have a good time. And and I did post on Twitter one one pretzel and cheese report. We didn't spend a lot of time in restaurants, but we visited a few. And and I didn't find much reason to celebrate pretzels and cheese in Northern California. I can report the avocado market is strong in California. Uh, pretzels and cheese, not so much. There was kind of a, a pseudo effort at pretzels and cheese. I tweeted a photo about that. But, yeah, we had a good trip. It's good to get back. And uh, I think we timed this right um, because we're getting ready to roll on a new school year. You just have to call it pretzel du fromage, and then you fit right in. <laughs> that's, that's what I needed to order. Oh, I didn't even see that on the menu at, at Wendy's. And what I really take from this this story, John, is that you are a man of the people. You didn't take the private jet. You went commercial, which I, I just we did. You know, I, you mix with the the you mix with the rest of the unwashed. Well, we do, and although we did upgrade, we did have exit row seats both Ooh, directions. That's see, that's fancy. good planning there. It's not good planning to not get an absentee ballot ahead of time when you're when you're on the bubble for making the actual election day. But yeah, exit. I'm a big fan of the exit row. I. Uh, I don't mind that. I'll, you know, and you pay a little extra, but that's well worth it for me because I'm not the tallest guy on on the planet. But I'm 
six one or so, and boy, you, you're a pretty big guy, actually. I, and I and I'm I'm a good sized fella, and I don't know how anybody any bigger than me can sit in a regular airplane seat. I have to have the aisle seat so I can at least stick one leg out and get get some stretch in. But yeah, it can be brutal. So so uh, we were we were very grateful to to be able to get uh, those eggs or row seats. I'm 5'11", 180, and I don't know that I've ever sat next to a man and not have the man try to take the armrest and stick his elbow in my ribs. That's So if I were any bigger, I'd be in fistfights all the time. Yeah, my poor wife. Our our routine is if, if the two of us and our daughter are flying, I get the aisle. Our daughter wants the window. My poor wife, she's a middle seat person. Bless her heart. She doesn't complain, but my shoulders are wide enough that I'm just, I'm just taking over half of her seat too. You know, I just, I feel bad. Those seats are, not only is the leg room not great, although in the exit row, it was great, but those seats, they're, they're so, they're so skinny, you know, side to side. I, I don't know. It's uh, it's an issue. I'm glad I'm not any more jumbo than I am, but we we made it. So uh, exit row on Sun Country, that was clearly the way to go. Good for you. All right, now let's switch to sports. Fall sports are here. They are. We have started um, generally next Monday. That's the big. That's the big day when every team in every fall sport can begin practice. Although we have 16 football teams, they started practice this week. They're going to play zero week games, which if people aren't familiar, it's not a new thing. Some schools have trouble filling their eight game schedule. So they're allowed to find an opponent, start the week, start the practices one week early, play a zero week game the week before everybody else plays their first game. And then at some point during the regular season, you'll have a bye week. So there will be eight zero-week games this year. That's that's in the ballpark of where we are most years. I'm gonna I'm gonna open my actual football season with uh, zero-week games on uh, August 25th and 26th, and then uh, the 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 big week one is will be September 1st, 2nd, 3rd. That Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I'll watch two or three games in week one. So by, by basically the end of week one, I could conceivably have seen four football games, but there's nothing I like more than that. So let's wish good luck to all the teams who are starting their seasons. This is in the fall. This is cross country, volleyball, soccer, girls, tennis, girls, swimming and diving, adapted soccer and football. So good luck to everybody who's gearing up. Uh, these uh, gyms and practice fields, this is going to be, a fun time starting next Monday when these schools are going to get busy after after the quietness of summer. It's a nice thing to see, and and I'll get out and about next week. I'll be running around visiting some practices and some teams. I'm still kind of getting everything uh, kind of scheduled where I want to go, what I want to do. But yeah, it's a really exciting time of year, and I've been doing this for a hundred years. And there's nothing like the start of a new school year and and practices for fall sports. I'm I'm ready to go. And I'm looking forward to uh, reading you and hearing about this all year long and for many years to come. Speaking of uh, football, I should mention we do have one major change in the prep bowl this year. People may have seen this last week. The prep bowl games are not going to be Thanksgiving weekend. They're going to be a week later. We're going to have high school football in December for the first time, December Hmm. 2nd and 3rd, the weekend after Thanksgiving, a week later, that's because uh, the Vikings and the New England Patriots are going to play at U.S. Bank Stadium on Thanksgiving night. 
that is the issue. And um, I'm told that that game, this, this is almost a Super Bowl production crew from NBC. I think a normal NFL game, a standard NFL game, will have two or three production trucks. These, this crew is going to have six or seven trucks, and it's a big deal. They won't even be able, the NBC won't be able to get all their stuff out of the building till at least middle of the day on Friday. And our Channel 45 crew, which televises uh, the prep ball games, they need about 10 hours of setup time to get everything hooked, hooked up, make sure everything's working. So we, we just couldn't play any games on Friday. Uh, one of the options, could we play Saturday and Monday? That didn't make sense. Some people have asked, why not Saturday and Sunday? But the high school league, there's a ban on Sunday high school sporting events. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. So the football games will be December 2nd and 3rd. It only affects 14 schools. It's not a major thing. There's been some, in, in the immediate aftermath of this decision by the high school league board of directors last week, all of a sudden there's an outcry on Twitter. Imagine that. Yeah, what about these football hmm. players who who they're going to be late for, they're going to get a late start on basketball or wrestling or hockey, whatever the winter sport is. It's only 14 schools. And I think if you ask any of those kids who are playing in the prep ball, any of those coaches, any of those fans, they would take that trade off that their winter sport, you know, they'll get a late start. Uh, it's not a big deal. It's kind of cool. I'm not saying I want this to be the normal thing, but I'm looking forward to having Thanksgiving weekend off. I told my wife, you know, we, we can never go anywhere for Thanksgiving. If we have any kind of family gathering, people come to our house from, uh, from some distance, but, uh, you know, I, I think this will be good for everybody. Everybody can have a great Thanksgiving. I don't know how many stories I've heard of football teams from far, far away from the Metro, who are going to play the day after Thanksgiving, you know, they'll get on their buses Thanksgiving morning and come here. And usually parents will set up some kind of Thanksgiving meal at a hotel or somewhere. That, that's great. Those are great memories. But this way, everybody will be able to be at home. And uh, as I said, this prep bowl decision was made by the high school league board of directors. They had their first meeting of the new school year last week. And another another decision they made that's worthy of mention, uh, the membership fees that schools pay to the high school league, they're going to go down this year. Which is, which is great news. People may recall during the depths of the pandemic, the high school league financially really, really took a hit. I mean, this was serious um, because, you know, we didn't have state tournaments. When, we, when they did come back, crowds were limited. And at that point, the league's financial model basically depended to a great extent on TV revenue and state tournament ticket revenue. And the shift since then has been the, rev, the the financial model is now focused on school membership fees. So they did go up a year ago, and there was some squawking about that, That's and that's fine. But the high school league has survived the pandemic. The financial outlook is very strong right now, thanks to a lot of smart people making smart decisions. So the school fees that, that will be paid for this 2022-23 school year, they are going down, which uh, is, is good news for everybody. That is good news. That's uh, rare. Well, I was going to say it's rare good news, but the reality is a lot of things are looking up these days. Uh, so, you know, that, that seems to fall in line with a lot of other things with our economy and our country. So a good deal. That's really yeah, cool I think stuff. That's, I, th I call that reverse inflation is what I call yes. that. That's, yeah, it's, it's good. 
Speaking of businesses and businesses bouncing back and businesses thriving, even during the pandemic, uh, let's hear about Pizza Barn in Princeton. Yeah, they've had a great summer up there at the Pizza Barn in downtown Princeton, um, and it, it is August now. We can reveal the August pizza of the month. It's yes. the Caprese Pizza. They start with the Pizza Barn's own blend of garlic butter on their famous homemade crust. It's unbelievable. Then freshly shredded mozzarella goes on, goes in the oven. Once it's baked to perfection, they top it with fresh tomato, red onions, and basil, and a little drizzle of balsamic glaze on it. I haven't mm. tasted it. I've seen a photo on the uh, on the uh, Pizza Barn Facebook page. It looks mighty good. The, the Pizza Barn food truck's out. The second one is is just about ready to roll. So as you're looking into fall now, uh, you know, don't be afraid to look into having one of those food trucks come to your business, your family event, a private event, any type of community event. Go to pizzabarnprinceton.com, click on food truck, click on bookings, fill out a form. And our, our good friend Jody Stay, who runs the operation there, she'll get back to you right away. And, of course, the Pizza Barn itself in downtown Princeton has a great big menu with, with everything you'd want for lunch, dinner, in-person dining, take and bake. They deliver and they cater as well. So thanks so much to Pizza Barn for being our sponsor. Yes. Thanks also to Minnesota Propane. And if you'd like to sponsor this show as we start a new school year and you reach John's audience all across Minnesota – you can reach out to Karen Cleary at K-C-L-E-A-R-Y at TalkNorth.com. And once again, uh, we've built out TalkNorth.com to the point we have just great shows on everything. Cheryl Reeve, Mike Grimm on the Go Gopher podcast, Boyce Olson, Dave Lee, a uh, bunch of hockey shows that now include Nate Prosser in the Pross Box, the On the Bench guys, uh, Russo, LaPanta, Lavelle, Roy Smalley, John Krasinski, Jeff Diamond. Check it all out. We do appreciate you listening. And you can find all the shows at TalkNorth.com, all the archives of the shows at TalkNorth.com. Again, the best way to listen, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It is free. Let's hear about the Hall of Fame now, John. Yeah, we've got a, a Hall of Fame announcement. This is the Minnesota Basketball Coaches, Coaches Association. They induct Hall of Fame members every year. And this class for 2022 is star-studded. I know most of these coaches. These are great people. So the new inductees will be Dave Cressup from Purim, Dick Gazzoni from St. Agnes and Hill Murray, Grant Guzzi from Spring Lake Park, Peter Petrich from Red Wing, Vern Simmons from St. Paul Johnson, and Jeff Wall from Anoka and uh, Maranatha Academy and Irondale. They will have their Hall of Fame banquet and induction uh, October 29th. So congrats to all those Basketball Coaches Association Hall of Famers. Good stuff there. And let's talk about facilities. Yeah, there was an interesting tweet from our friends up at Moorhead High School. They have a, a basically a new school under construction. I, I've seen this. I was up there for a basketball game this winter. I got a nice tour. Basically, on the parking lot areas of the current Moorhead High School, they're building a brand new high school. And much of the current school will be torn down and I assume replaced with parking lot. It's kind of a it's kind of a cool switch. But the tweet from Moorhead High School said thanks to the activities directors at Detroit Lakes, Perham, and Pelican Rapids for giving us giving us tours of their fantastic facilities. They gave us some great insights on planning for our new high school. So I, I was, like I said, I was in Moorhead. I kind of saw the outer structures of of some of the uh 
parts of the new high school are going to have a great gym. You know, and these things aren't even gyms anymore. Um, and I've been to Pelican Rapids. I've been to Purim. They have these, they're, they're gyms, they're arenas, but they're just, they're not the high school gym you think of there. They're like, they're like small college facilities. They, they're multi-purpose. They are both great Pelican Rapids and Purim. Detroit Lakes has a, has a great big new uh, gym facility. I'm hoping to make it to a football game up there in DL this fall. And if I do, I'm surely going get to get my eyes on the new gym. Here's another, here's another twist, naming rights gym for high school facilities, this new gym in Detroit Lakes. It's called Lake Shirts Fieldhouse. Lake Shirts is a local business up there. And I, I, I looked into this a little bit. It's been reported up there that Lake Shirts has agreed to pay $1 million in five annual installments for the naming rights for this for their new arena at the high school in Detroit Lakes. And that those naming rights will will the agreement is for the life of the arena. So you're talking about a hundred years. So a small business in Detroit Lakes, if this is accurate, I don't have any reason to doubt it, paying $1 million over five years for the naming rights to Lake Shirts Fieldhouse. And uh, that is, uh, that's incredible. These, these high schools, you know, selling naming rights from from good local businesses who are committed to the communities. And, and I've heard from some administrators at, at a couple of other high schools here who are redoing, whether it's the football field or a new gym or whatever it is, they've asked me because they're interested in in maybe finding some some business to partner with for naming rights. And I, I, I just a week ago, I referred somebody to the folks in Detroit Lakes. I said, that's who I would talk to. They just went through this. I would talk to them. So it's uh, it's another sign of uh, how the high school world is not what it used to be. And I think it's a great sign. No, that's really good news. Uh, and, you know, we, we, the uh, As both of us know, we've mentioned many times, we're both married to, to educators. Uh, there's not enough money in education. And sometimes, you know, teachers have to pay, pay for their own kids' materials and everything else. Anything that relieves the financial stress on schools in any way, I would imagine, would be a good thing. Yeah, and this money, you know, it's for the naming rights, but I know they, sure. I think, if I remember what I read, this was going to be used for a lot of different things. So, so great, great going for everybody in Detroit Lakes. That's awesome. Okay, now, John, tell me about your new tattoo. I, I'm assuming that's what the topic is here. I have one tattoo. I, every 63 years, I get a tattoo. I just got the first one. And this kind of stem, I have a daughter who lives here and, and lives in Minneapolis. She has... I want to say a dozen tattoos. She got her first one. It was very cute. She was in college and she got a very tiny little Harry Potter lightning bolt on the inside of one wrist. And uh, from that has sprung lots of tattoos <laughs> and they're all tasteful. They look good. Some are, some are just black ink, some are in color. Uh, when she's dressed, they're not very visible. She doesn't have any neck tattoos, no face tattoos, but she has kind of been working her dad to get a tattoo. My wife has a, another, uh, also a very small tattoo. She's had for a long time on the inside of one of her wrists. She has three shamrocks, green shamrocks. Our family's heritage is Irish. We have three kids. So she got three shamrocks and she's had them. That's maybe 12 or 15 years ago. So I was kind of getting the hard uh, sell from my daughter especially related to my fairly new status as a grandparent. 
So I thought, well, I could get my grandkids' names on there, but who knows, there may be more grandkids. Uh, how do you plan for that? So what I did was I, I, I kind of went back to the Irish heritage of the family, and I got the word I have on my left forearm is Seanahair, which is Gaelic for grandfather. I've tweeted about this with a couple of photos. Seanahair. I'm still... It, that's not how, when you look at it, that was not how I would have pronounced it. But Seanahair, and then doing some digging, we found out that the Gaelic word for grandmother is Sean Waher. Uh, so I, I call my wife Sean Waher sometimes. So I've got Seanahair tattooed on my left arm. And when my grandson, who's three, learned his grandpa had a tattoo, he had no concept of tattoos. I'm sure his parents, I, they don't have any tattoos that I'm aware of. But he said he announced he wants to get a tattoo like grandpa. And he's he's got my sense of humor. Uh, I have a three-year-old sense of humor. So we while we were out there, we were all asking him, what tattoo would you like? And the three-year-old announced with, with a big smile, he wanted a uh, one word tattooed on his arm, that one word, poo-poo. <laughs> <So>, <laughs> and he smiled. He thinks he's so smart. His mother, who's, who's smart, you know, basically told us, and I don't know if the, if the young man heard it, that when he's 18 or whatever and starts talking about getting a tattoo like his buddies, she's going to remind him at three years old, he, he expressed the desire to have the word poo-poo tattooed on his arm. She said, I'm going to hold him to it. We'll see how bad he really wants a tattoo. So there you go. A three-year-old uh, promise may end up being an 18-year-old uh, something that might not happen when he's 18. <laughs> if that's if she holds him to it, I don't know if an 18-year-old male will actually go, go and have poo-poo tattooed on his arm. Uh, you never know. All I got to say, John, is if, if you are as committed – to this show and this network, as I think you are, then somehow a preps today with John Millay neck tattoo would really, would really put us over the top. That only seems to make sense. Yes. And, and I did get some, some feedback on Twitter. People thought, well, maybe I'd get the MSHSL logo tattooed. I had thought about that years ago. A lot of the shirts we wear have the MSHSL logo, just the letters kind of in an oval on the on the short sleeve right on the arm and i had i had basically joked years ago i'd get that exact same logo tattooed and i could flip up the shirt and the logo would be there to match but uh didn't go that route people thought that that maybe i i, I put it out there on twitter first before the reveal you know i got a tattoo what do you think it is and somebody somebody said is it a picture of pretzels and cheese I, I stand by that. I, I I have no argument with that. That would make sense. Or Diet Coke. That was another one. I, I don't think I need to endorse Diet Coke. They're doing fine without me. But yeah, I've got the word Shaunahair and uh, uh, hats off to uh, Nokomis Tattoos in South Minneapolis. They did a great job. People have asked me, did it hurt? And it really didn't. You know, on a, on a pain scale of one to 10, it was less than one. It kind of, it was kind of between a tickle. It wasn't anything like, you know, people who maybe don't know, I certainly didn't know much about tattoos. Um, it's not like, it's not like the feeling of, of a whole bunch of pins sticking in your arm. It's not like that. They were so good there. Ren was the tattoo artist who, who did this for me. She was fantastic. I don't think it took 20 minutes. And, you know, there's a little aftercare. You don't want it to get infected. They cover it up with a see-through 
kind of a bandage and give you some A and D ointment to put on it. And it's been a couple of weeks now. Um, I think, I think I like it. Well, I know I like it. Um, and it's not visible. That's the thing. I was in the car with one of my, one of my coworkers, uh, during this board meeting period last week, we were going out to dinner at night and, uh, I'm driving and she looked at my arm. Hey, did you get a tattoo? So otherwise it's not visible. If you're sitting in the passenger seat and I'm driving, you might see it, but I'm not waving it around. It's not a neck tattoo. It's not on my forehead. It's just a, it's just kind of a little reminder to me of the link between my Irish heritage and my grandkids. Um, one of my aunts who, who did some genealogy years ago discovered that uh, a, a guy named John Millay, basically around the time of the Civil War, got on a ship in Ireland, came to America, and that's how this whole adventure started. So I don't know much more than that. I don't know much about that John Millay. My, I, I don't even know if he's my great, 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 great or how many greats are in there, but that's where it started. And I assume uh, if he had grandkids, he may have been referred to in the family as a, as a Sean O'Hare and, and uh, I'm a Sean O'Hare now. So that's the story of the tattoo. Beautiful. And I'll, I'll add one more old guy note. John, we're old enough to remember when tattoos were the province of military people and gangsters. Absolutely. Uh, it, and it is it, it, it changed rapidly, of course, many years ago. Right. But uh, right. and now it's now they're you know, for everybody. And I, it's funny. I was I used to be anti-tattoo and then I grew out of that. And then I was anti-piercing. And then I had a friend tell me a piercing is a tattoo you can take off whenever you want. I thought, okay, oh. that that's pretty, that's pretty good. That is pretty good. And you're right, Jim, you know, I grew up in a small town in Iowa. We didn't have gangsters, but we had a lot of veterans, you know, these old guys and they had the one I, I, I can picture in my, in my mind is the anchor and a black mm-hmm. anchor on an old guy's forearm. Cause yep. he'd been in the Navy and my dad was in the Navy. He didn't have any tattoos, but that's, that's my memory of, of being a kid and seeing tattoos. They were all military guys. So God bless them. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, good stuff, John. As always, it's fun to get things rolling as real sports start up again. I'm glad you got some time off. Thanks again to Brianne. Thank you for listening to TalkNorth.com. And we might have a special edition of the show for you next week. So tune in. 